This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's word to your daily life. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today in Jesus. Name. Good morning. Welcome to Lake Community Church's morning Bible study. We are finishing up Psalm 116. We took a little detour yesterday and dealt with the Psalm 116, one through eight, the first eight verses, which kind of deal with death. It directly deals with death. In fact, it goes just right into death, but but we want to we finish that. I want to first read the first eight verses to give the context of it. It says, I love the Lord because he's heard my voice and my supplication. What he's saying is I, I love God because I have a relationship with because he's inclined his ear to me. Therefore, I will call upon him as long as I live. What he's saying is I have a long-term relationship with God. This is a relationship that, that lasts a long time. The pains of death surround me. Now, what he's going to go into is seeing uh, death all around him, not only in himself, but in the world around him. He says the pains of death surround me and the pains of shield laid hold. And Paul talks about that in the New Testament, how death is in us because of sin and, and sin leads to death for the wages of sin is death. Uh, but the gift of God is eternal life. And, and that's the term that's in here. He says, I found troubling. And for me, I, I think of that as the valley of the shadow of death that David talks about walking through. He said, then I call upon the name of the Lord. And O Lord, I implore you to deliver my soul. Notice, what is he asking to be delivered? Not his body, because we know that that is appointed unto man wants to die. He's not asking for his body not to die. He's asking for his soul to be delivered. And your soul is the aspect of who you are. It's your heart. It's your mind. It's your passion, your heart. And it's your intellect, your mind. And it's the aspect of you that God loves. It's, it's, it is the real you, for better or for worse. Our bodies start out real small, and we learn how to uh, use them, and we learn how to we grow, and then we we mature, and we reach a, a full maturity, and then our bodies begin to slowly die. But our soul is the same soul. It, 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 it is changed by God. It's saved by God. It's renewed by God. But it's the same thing. He says, he says, gracious is the Lord and righteous. Notice God's good. He's gracious to us. He gives us grace. He gives us what, what we have not earned on our own. Yes, our God is merciful. And he also does not uh, give us what we do deserve. He says, the Lord preser preserves the simple. And I was brought low and he saved me. Notice God takes care of all of us. He, he, he takes care of those who are, who are uh, walking with him. He takes care of those who, who don't know, who, who are the simple. And many times we think we're more than we are. But the truth is, uh, compared to his understanding, his knowledge, we are a very small, very least, very nothing. He says, return to you your rest, O my soul, for the Lord has dealt bountiful with you. Notice, there's rest with God because God deals bountiful with us. Notice, bountiful, that, that, what a, a powerful word. He doesn't just give us enough. He gives us more than enough. He's bountiful with us. He's overwhelming in his love and his graciousness to us. His uh, mercies are, 
are new every morning, and they are powerful and wonderful every morning. As I look over your head right now onto the onto the lake, that that fog that's coming up off the lake, it's beautiful. God um, uh, shows us His wonder and His beauty each and every day, not only outside in the world we see, but inside in our hearts and our minds. And He says, He says, "Return to your rest, O my soul." Well, remember, a rest is is for those who place their faith and trust in God. It's it's His promised land. It's His place of rest. It's His place where we're not doing work. We're living in a relationship with Him, and He is doing the work around us. That's what happened in the promised land. They didn't defeat. They didn't defeat the giants in the promised land. Who defeated them? They didn't tear down the walls of Jericho. Who tore the walls? They didn't plant the vineyards or build the houses or build the walls of the cities that they took in the promised land. They didn't do any of that. Who did it? God gave it to them. God gave it to them. And notice when you're walking with God, God gives, God provides, God opens our our minds and our hearts up to him. And he shows us who he really is. And he, he says, for you have delivered me, my soul from, and he has, he shall not face the second death. And the second death is separation from God. All the parts of man must die because of sin. The wages of sin is death. Uh, man's spirit died in Adam in the garden. And then uh, man's body is going to die on this earth. Your own personal body is going to die on this earth. And that's the first death. And for those who are believers, to be dead in the bodies, to be present with the Lord and present with all of his people. We're all going to be there together. Uh, that time thing is so strange and so difficult to understand. But God lives in eternity, and we're going to live in eternity with him. And uh, we'll, we have eternal. We have an eternal aspect to us that he's placed in us in the, in, when he begat in us a new spirit and the new birth, being born again. And so our bodies die, but our souls never are separated from him. Once, we, once we're once uh, we redeemed and, and once we start walking in the salvation process that God has given us, once he begins to save us and, and, and make us make our hearts and our minds, and once that starts happening, he never leaves us. And, and so this verse is, is, is true. He says, for you have delivered me, my soul from death. I will not face the second death. And, and that's the promise of God. And you won't either. And that's why Paul could say, where, where, where is your victory, death? Where's your sting? You got no power over me. He says, I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living, not the valley of the shadow of death. Notice it's a different place. He says, I'm going to walk with the Lord in the land of the living. That's the place where there is no death. That's the place where we live in. His eternal kingdom is in us. And then it's going to be manifest in all of his creation for the uh, millennial kingdom, but that it's also going to be manifest in the new heaven and the new earth that he's going to make. He says, I believe, therefore, I spoke. I am greatly afflicted. Notice, while I'm on the earth, he said, I believed and I spoke and I am greatly afflicted. I said to, in my haste, all men are liars. Notice, we get discouraged. We, we Discouragement is a normal state of man. I've been around uh, us too long. It is a normal state of man. He says, I believe, and yet I'm afflicted, and yet I'm mad, I'm angry, and, and everybody has lies in their mouth, and that's true. But Paul says our mouths are open graves, and they are. Unless we are uh, speaking words of faith, there, there's really nothing good in us except for what God is doing in us. He says, and that, boy, that is a hard, hard, we want to want everybody to be good. We're not good. God's good, and we get to taste that goodness because we trust him.
We get to taste that goodness because we trust him. He said, what shall I render to the Lord for all his benefits toward me? He's saying, because God's given me all these things, because God has, has given me the new life, he's given me salvation. He's going to give me glorification. That's justification, sanctification, glorification. I try to make sure I teach good theology every time we sit down and talk. God justification, and that is uh, through his will and by his power and for his purpose. Then sanctification begins after we are regenerated in that new creation that he makes in, in us and and that process of sanctification begins with repentance. We turn and we start walking with God. And that sanctification process goes all the way to the end of our lives. And he, that's why Paul in, in, in the New Testament will say stuff like this, I, I'm being saved. And then somewhere else he'll say, I was saved. And then later on somewhere else he'll say, and, and I shall be saved. Because see, salvation, that sozo, that salvation process, that sanctification process, it's a process. It, it's a lifelong process. And it changes us. It makes us new. It makes us whole. It makes It gives us life. It's, it's powerful. It's powerful. And I, I enjoy it. I enjoy uh, seeing new things, walking in new things, knowing new things, and being able to trust God and see his hand at work around me in the world I live in. And that's what sanctification is about, us coming to know his character and nature and us walking and living in his character and nature. See, in the Old Testament, you had to follow a bunch of rules to try to attain to his character and nature. You had to follow the law. But in the New Testament, we don't follow the law. We live in a relationship with a person, and that person is Jesus Christ. And we walk in that relationship with him. And when we walk in that relationship with him, we do the law, meaning we do what is just. And, but we do what is just and right because we love God and because we learn to love others. And, and boy, isn't it hard to learn to love others? A lot of times it's hard to learn learn to love ourselves. We don't even like ourselves. And, and we sure don't like anybody else. My brother has many times joked. He said, there's no way you can call me a racist. He said, because I hate everybody. And the truth is that we can always look around. You can, you can always look around and find something wrong with everybody. You can. I've, I've always said, I've always said, that person's crazy. The truth is, we're all crazy. We are. Sin has driven us mad. But... The grace of God steps in, and all of a sudden it reorients us toward truth. It reorients us toward who God is. Salvation begins its full work, and the Holy Spirit begins to lead and guide us. And all of a sudden, we're walking in God's will and way, and we are living up to those commandments. We don't want to steal. We don't want to. We don't want to murder or hate our brother. We don't want to. We 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 don't want to covet what's not ours. We we want to honor our parents. We but we want to love the Lord our God with all our heart. And, but see, that's not because we're living by a rule, but that's because we're living in the context of a powerful relationship with God. And so He says, "I will take up the cup of salvation." Notice, I'm going to take that up. That's what I want to do. He says, and call upon the name of the Lord. He says, I'm going to take up this cup of salvation, this life that is to be lived with God, that salvific work that goes on, the change that happens in me, not because I'm living by rules, but the change that happens in me and walking in a relationship with him. And that change is powerful. He says, I'll take up the cup of salvation and I'm going to call on the name of the Lord. And the name of the Lord is the character of the Lord. I'm going I'm to call on it, walk in it, know it, live it. He said, he says, I will pay my vows to the Lord now in the presence of all his people. What he's saying is I'm going to do what I said. God's made promises to me and I'm going to make promises to him. 
I'm going to walk with him. This is a covenant relationship, and my promises and his promises are, are going to commingle together because his promises are yes and amen, and my promises are born of a loving relationship with him. He says, what shall I render to the Lord? He said, uh, I'm sorry, verse 15, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. You see that? Probably need to circle that. It's all by itself in my Bible. It's separated from the from the paragraph before and the paragraph after. It's all by itself. Might need to even take you a highlighter. Go find you a highlighter. Highlight that. See, death has no victory over us. He says it's precious in his sight, the, in the Lord's sight, the death of his saints. You know why? Because we cast off this body of death and we set aside the sins of our hearts and our minds because we are made perfect in front of him. And so, why wouldn't you want that? You ever seen your child out there playing in the mud puddles and you barely see who they are except for their eyes? And their eyes are just muddy all over, nasty and, and filthy and all that. And then all of a sudden you take them, put them in the shower. Well, first you got to hose them off outside. And then and you put them in the shower, get them all cleaned up and then, and then and, and fix them up and put on nice clothes. And all of a sudden uh, they look like a human being again. God knows how he made man to actually be. And he wants us back the way we're supposed to be. The way we're supposed to be is to have a perfect clarity of thought, to have a passion for who he is and his character and nature, to have a perfect body that's not full of death and, and pain, and to have the power of the Holy Spirit working with our spirit to bring about all kinds of life. That's what he wants. And so the only way for us to get there is eventually one day we die. And so precious is in, in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. O oh Lord, truly I am your servant. I am your servant, the son of your maidservant. You have loosed my bonds. He says, I am your servant, the son of your maidservant. You have loosed my bonds. I will offer to you the sacrifice of thanksgiving, and I'll call upon you, uh, call upon the name of the Lord. Notice he's, he is a servant of God, he, he walks with God, and he offers him the sacrifice that God desires, and that is faith and thanksgiving and praise. He says, I am offering you the sacrifice of thanksgiving. I'm thankful towards you. A person with a thankful heart generally is a person that uh, changes the world they live in. They are, they're a person who makes a difference in the world they live in. The, the idea of the power of positive thinking, that's a humanistic view of things, but it comes from a truth because most things that actually do work in the world come from God. In fact, everything that works in the world actually comes from God. And so you don't have positive thinking just for the purpose of having positive thinking. You have positive thinking because God's real and he saved you and he's given you his very best and you ought to be thankful for that. And when you're thankful or you're positive, when you're positive, there's power. And when there's power in the positive thinking that comes from the thanksgiving of the Lord, it changes the world around you. And it does have power. But it is not power that emanates from me. It's power that emanates from him. Powerful, is it not? He said, he says, I will pay my vows to the Lord now in the presence of all his people. What's that vow? That's, that's that, those promises, those thanksgivings. He says, in the court of the Lord's house, in the midst of you, O Jerusalem, praise the Lord. We need to do that. We need to be regularly praising God. We need to be regularly recognizing the work of God that's going on around us. We need to not fear death, but we need to 
Now, I'm not saying kill yourself. But we need to see death as the natural end to the physical life. And it is. And, and it's the natural end to it's the natural end to the pain and suffering of this world. And it is the coming out party of who you really are. It's a perfect body, a a completely perfect mind that works at a hundred percent capacity, one with fifty zeros behind it, times what you normally work at today. Capacity. It, it is you being passionate about the things that are real and things that are true. And ultimately it's about having a uh, a body that is not worn out and torn up by the death that's in this world. It's perfect. It's whole. It's complete. And I can't wait one day to be able to run 200 yards and not feel like I'm about to die. Um, I can't even run 200 yards anymore. I would just have to jog some of it. But can you remember when you were young and you could get out there and just fly as fast and as hard as you wanted to? And it felt like your lungs were just full of, that's going to happen one day again. Praise God. It's not all over, even though it feels like it's all over sometimes. It's not all over. And so death brings about the very, very best in us. But while we're here to walk in faith, serve our Lord, live a thankful life toward him, and praise his name, we glorify him. And death is all too certain and is coming too quickly for most of us. And sometimes it comes in times we uh, didn't expect, and, and it's crushing for those who, who lose someone. But it is not the second death. It is life. It's not the second death. Listen to me. It brings us into the presence of God and his life. And I've been in the room with many believers when they passed on, when they, when they entered into eternity. And it is not sad. As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that he'll make his face to shine upon you, and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus' name.